the, the check presented to me of 20,000 pounds by on behalf of the UK. I thank UK for this gesture. And uh, I will give this check, this amount, to Jamaat Ahmadiyya UK for the reconstruction and rehabilitation of the burned part of the Battle of Two Mosque. So this check will go to Mirsa UK. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir
One allegation often leveled against our religion is that it discriminates against women or considers them to be less than men. However, this is in complete contrast to Islam's true teachings. In chapter 4, verse 2 of the Holy Quran, the creation of human race is mentioned and it states that Allah created humankind from a single soul. Immediately after this, the Holy Quran states, which means created therefrom its mate. In the Bible, where the creation of man and woman is uh, discussed, the concept of a mate is also mentioned. However, it goes on to say that a woman was created from the rib of Adam. This is contrary to the teachings of the Holy Quran, which clarifies that women were not created out of the body of a man or from his rib. Rather, the Quran testifies to the fact that men and women were created from a single soul and are of the same kind and species. Thus, where the Quran says, created therefrom its mate, it signifies that Allah Ta'ala has made men and women in the same way and it cannot be said that one is dominant over the other. Furthermore, when Allah the Almighty has said, that he has created a woman in the same way that he created man, it becomes clear that Allah Ta'ala has made the hearts and minds of women in the same way that he has created the hearts and minds of men. There is no mention of women being created from a man's rape. Rather, similarities and likeness are mentioned. Despite this, throughout history, there have been occasions where men have sought to prevent women from fulfilling their potential and responsibilities, whilst at other times, women have sought to stop men from fulfilling their duties and responsibilities. Whether due to a superiority complex or an inferiority complex, at times men have considered themselves to be intrinsically different to women or women have considered themselves inherently different to men. However, the Holy Quran has categorically refuted this concept by saying that men and women are of the same kind. It has clarified that men and women have the same feelings and emotions. Similarly, as each man will be accountable before Allah for his deeds 
so will each woman also be held accountable for her acts before God. Nevertheless, it is true that Islam has given differing responsibilities and prescribed the division of labor between the sexes. Both men and women have been given differing roles. However, this should not be misunderstood to mean that women are incapable of understanding the responsibilities placed upon men. This idea of differing responsibilities is entirely normal and according to nature. Even amongst men, there are differences that exist. Today, uh, whereby people have a differing skill uh, sets and abilities. For instance, some men are trained as doctors, others become engineers, teachers, scientists, or a range of other professions and jobs. Yet, no matter how skilled a doctor is, he is not superior to the other professions and in other fields as well. In the same way, to maintain a sense of balance within the world, Allah the Almighty, out of his infinite wisdom, has given different roles to men and women. And they will both be held accountable before Allah with regards to the fulfillment of their respective responsibilities. <clears throat> Indeed, the Holy Prophet Muhammad said that just as it is the duty of a shepherd to protect his sheep, similarly it is the duty of every man and woman to fulfill their prescribed duties. Thus, if Allah Ta'ala has placed upon a woman the responsibility to ensure the moral and religious training of her children and to ensure that she protects the home and property of her husband, she must pay heed because she alone will be held accountable for these matters. In the same way, if a man has been asked with, uh, has, been, has been tasked with providing financially for his family, to care for them and fulfill their needs, he will be held accountable for this. The fact that Islam has allocated different duties to men and women does not mean that women do not have the ability to do the work of men or are inferior to uh, in any way. As I said at the beginning, this ishtema is being organized by Lajna members and is a great example of the excellent capabilities and organizational skills 
of our MD women. In fact, this ishtima is actually a product and manifestation of the continued work and progress of Lajna Imaila. Thus, any man who thinks that women should not take an active part in religious affairs or make sacrifices for their faith and should stay away from religion and just remain a decoration for their husbands to enjoy is guilty of extreme ignorance. Similarly, if any woman thinks that due to her domestic responsibilities, she does not need to partake in religious matters or make sacrifices for her faith and nation, she too is mistaken and is guilty of undermining the status of women. <clears throat> it was for the very sake of making our Ahmadi women understand their responsibilities and to remove any doubt about the need for women to be involved in religious matters and other activities as Muslim established so that every Ahmadi lady could become an active member of the Jamaat. Very beautifully, as Muslim said that for a man the best name is Abdullah. And in the same way, the best name for a woman is Amdullah. Because any man should desire, above all, to be a man of God and his servant. Whilst any woman should desire to be a woman of God and his servant. Indeed, in the Holy Quran, of all the qualities of the Holy Prophet one mentioned by Allah the Almighty is of his being Abdullah, a true man of God and his servant. Therefore, to be a sincere servant of Allah should be the greatest desire for any Muslim lady and this is the reason your auxiliary organization has been named Lajna Imaila. Accordingly, every Ahmadi woman should sincerely strive to be a servant of God so that they may become an heir to his rewards rather than inheritors of his wrath and anger. In worldly terms, a person who has fulfilled his duties in the best way is presented before the monarch in order to receive an honor or reward. Whilst a criminal is presented before the authorities for sanctions for, uh, and punishment. Whilst covetous glances are cast in the direction of the person who receives honors. Criminals are looked upon with disgust and pity. Thus, every lady, every woman should seek to ensure that she understands her duties and strive to be amongst those who attain the reward of Allah the Almighty. In terms of your duties to the Jamaat and faith, you should remember 
that in the eyes of Allah, the responsibilities and duties placed upon men and women are the same and both must be ready to fulfill their pledges and make sacrifices for the sake of Islam. Speaking about the great sacrifices made by women in bygone eras, as Muslim Ho gave the example of the time of the Prophet Jesus, he said that amongst the most sincere and loyal disciples of Jesus were women who would tirelessly spend their days and nights spreading his message and their sacrifices and their sacrifices have been recorded in Christian uh, history as a source of pride. Indeed, when Jesus was taken down from the cross and emerged from the coffin in which he was subsequently placed, it was women who were the first to greet and help him, whilst his male disciple, uh, disciples had run away in fear of the rulers. It is recorded that Mary Magdalene and uh, other women, uh, two other women disregarded any fears for their own safety and reached Jesus in the very early hours of the morning. In this way, they displayed immense bravery and exhibited a firm faith that exceeded the standards of the men. This was the example of the time of Jesus in Islam. But of all the prophets, without doubt, it is the life of the Holy Prophet that has been documented and preserved in greatest detail. And unquestionably, during, the, uh, during his blessed era, the sacrifices made by the Muslim women reached a pinnacle and were of standards that has never been witnessed at, at any other juncture of history. Indeed, when you, you read about the sacrifices made for the sake of their faith, you can only be overcome with emotion. During that early period of Islam, the Holy Prophet and his followers were subjected to ferocious levels of persecution. And unspeakable cruelties were inflicted upon them. Whilst all the early Muslims had to face persecution, nonetheless, the treatment of Muslim slaves was even more inhuman and brutal. For example, amongst the companions were a husband and wife. Both of them were slaves of a non-Muslim. And their owner inflicted such merciless and terrifying cruelties upon them that merely reading about their treatment leaves a person shaken to the core. They would be forced to lie on scorching hot sands and beaten relentlessly on their chests and bodies. They would be left to burn to the point that their eyes would become completely red and swollen beyond all limits. Yet their master showed no remorse or mercy 
on one occasion upon seeing how they were being tortured and made to lie upon the burning sands the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam became overwhelmed with emotion he was grief stricken like a father witnessing his children being beaten before his very eyes he observed how the slave master sought to compel them to reject the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and to accept his belief that there were many other gods apart from allah the almighty overcome with sorrow the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam turned towards allah and remained engaged in prayer for some time thereafter with great emotion the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the muslim husband and wife and said be patient be patient surely allah will remove you from these pains very soon and in return he has made a home for you in paradise as a result of the continued torture it was not long before the husband breathed his last thereafter the owner brutally attacked the muslim lady by piercing her stomach with a spear and so she also joined the rank of the martyrs these slaves were not of any worldly rank or status yet due to their acceptance of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and their impeccable standards of faith they scaled the highest spiritual mountains and have been recorded in history for ever more they were the people who gave every possible sacrifice and bore every form of torture for the sake of their belief in the one god the persecution of muslims in mecca continued unabated and finally when it went beyond all limits as the enemies of islam continued to increase their evil plots the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam instructed his companions to migrate to ethiopia upon this the companions protested and asked how could it be possible that they migrate to live in peace whilst their beloved spiritual master the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam remained in danger and continued to face the most horrific cruelties in response the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that allah had not yet commanded him to migrate if that day came he would as well but for the time being his followers should go without him amongst those who decided decided to migrate was a muslim lady who in the early hours of one morning collected her belongings and placed them on a camel ready to depart by chance her zumar ridalan ho who had not yet accepted islam walked by and after observing this lady being forced out of her hometown in the early hours he felt a sense of sorrow and guilt addressing the lady with his voice trembling with emotion hazrat umar said 
it seems you are getting ready for a journey. In response, the Muslim lady said, we can no longer tolerate the cruelties and pain inflicted upon us. And so, we have been left with no choice but to leave. In the end, what did we do to you that meant you treated us so inhumanly and punished us with such cruelty? All we say is that Allah is one, but you cannot tolerate it. And so now we have to leave. This desperate and emotional response of the Muslim lady caused her tumor who was still a formidable opponent of Islam and a person who had shown no mercy in his opposition to Muslims to be overcome with emotion. As tears rolled down his cheeks, he could only bring himself to meekly say goodbye and all the best before turning away. Similarly, there is a famous incident pertaining to the sister of Hazumar, Ritanahu. On one occasion, when he remained a raging opponent of Islam, Hazumar, Ritanahu, set out with a sword in his hand, with the intention of killing the Holy Prophet, and bringing an end to Islam once and for all. On the way, a man asked him where he was going. And when he told him his purpose, the man said that he should first inquire after his own family, as one of his sisters had accepted Islam. Thus, Umar went straight to the house of his sister and knocked forcefully at the door. His sister and her husband were reciting the Quran and upon realizing that Hazumar had come, they hid their Muslim teacher as well as their pages of the Quran. However, Hazumar had heard them, and so upon entering, he immediately asked what they had been reciting. His sister replied, we were reciting the Holy Quran. Hazumar said that he had, he heard that she had she and her husband had become sabi, meaning that they had accepted a belief that was not accepted by the people of Makkah. In a fit of rage, Hazdumar lunged forward in an attempt to strike his brother-in-law. But with great defiance and courage, his sister stepped forward to shield her husband and said, Yes, we are Muslims, and if you want to kill us, then go ahead. Hazdumar was unable to withdraw his hand in time, and so he struck his sister accidentally or unintentionally in the face with such heavy force that she was wounded and blood gushed forth from her nose. Upon witnessing how his sister had sacrificed herself, to protect her husband, Hazrat Umar was left astonished. Despite his hatred for Islam, Hazrat Umar was good at heart. And so, after seeing the blood on his sister's face, he felt shame and regret. 
for he knew that rather than protect his sister, as was his duty, he had been in means of grievous injuring, grievously injuring her, feeling restless and wrecked with guilt. His aggressive tone suddenly changed, and he timidly asked his sister if she would bring the pages of the Quran for him to read. Upon this, the supreme faith of his sister rolled into action. And having already been beaten by her brother, she no longer remained a defenseless woman, but was transformed into a courageous lioness. Without any fear, she declared, you cannot touch the Quran as you are not pure or clean. I cannot place the Quran anywhere near you whilst you are in this state. Having realized that he had done what he has done, Hazrat Umar felt ashamed and so softly asked his sister how he could purify himself so that she would permit him to read the Quran. In reply, his sister said that he must first go and bathe and clean himself and only then would she permit him to touch the holy Quran. As instructed, Hazumar went and bathed before returning and then his sister placed the Quran before him. After reading just for a few verses, Hazumar, Umar's heart melted and the beauty of what he was reading and tears flowed from his eyes. Instantly, he felt abhorrence and shame for his past belief of Islam, uh, past disbelief of Islam. Instantly, he viewed the past life with nothing but disdain and disgust. Thereupon, he stood up in an emotional state and asked, where the Holy Prophet Muhammad is? Hearing this, his sister felt a surge of love for her brother and prayed in sincerely that he would accept Islam. But at the same time, she knew that she could never forgive herself if her brother was the cause of any harm to the Holy Prophet Thus, she grabbed hold of the collar of her Umar and with great emotion that only could be stirred by true faith and love for the Holy Prophet she said, first swear that you will not approach Muhammad with any ill intention. With true humility, Hazrat Umar replied, my only intention is to become a Muslim. Upon this, his sister rejoiced and informed her brother where the Holy Prophet was. Hazrat Umar duly approached the Holy Prophet and accepted Islam in a state of total submission. Hence, this was the great sacrifice made by a woman who melted the heart of her brother and as a result, the Muslims celebrated and raised slogans in praise of Allah. Allahu Akbar. Another astonishing example of faith pertains to the Battle of Uhud.
During that war, the blessed teeth of the Holy Prophet were broken. And word spread that he had been martyred. When this news reached Medina, Muslim women came out of their homes and ran towards the battlefield to find out the truth about their master. On the way, an elderly Muslim woman frantically asked a companion if the Holy Prophet was alive. In response, the companion said, I regret to tell you that your husband has been killed in the battle. Upon this, the lady said, I am not asking, asking about my husband. I am asking about the Holy Prophet The companion then said, I regret to tell you that your brother has also been killed. Hearing this, the lady said, I am not asking about my brother. I ask only about the Holy Prophet The companion then said, I am sorry, but your son has also been killed. Upon this, the lady desperately remarked, I do not ask about my son. I am asking if the Holy Prophet is alive. Finally, the companion informed that the rumors regarding the Holy Prophet had been false and he was alive. In a state of utter relief, the lady said, I do not feel any loss or pain or grief over whoever in my family has died because my beloved master, the Holy Prophet remains alive. This was the pure love and devotion professed by the Muslim women of that time towards the Holy Prophet These were the women who were ready to for every sacrifice for the sake of Islam and their names have been recorded in history as example for the rest of the time. Recently, I was about, uh, I was told about an Ahmadi lady living in one of the Western countries who said that when she comes to Vajna meetings and uh, takes the pledge, she repeats the words that for the sake of her faith and nation, she will be ready to sacrifice her life, wealth, and time. However, when it comes to the part about being ready to sacrifice her children, she remains silent because her children are the one thing that she can never sacrifice. This is an example of a weakness in faith. And ultimately, such a person will become weaker in faith and in reality will neither be able to sacrifice their own lives well for time for the sake of Islam. Remember, when we pledge in our bed to give precedence to our religion and faith over all worldly matters, it means that our love for Allah, for the Holy Prophet of Islam and for our religion should be greater than for anything or anyone else. Furthermore, further, in this era, the Prophet Islam said that after developing a true love for Allah and for the Holy Prophet his followers must also form a bond of love with him. 
Thus, if you wish to remain part of Jamaat, of the Prophet Islam, we must manifest our love for him by fulfilling the conditions of our path and remaining obedient to his teachings. The Prophet said, in my Jamaat, I wish to see a spiritual transformation which distinguishes Ahmadis from all others. If we are just the same as other Muslims, then what is the benefit to doing bad? If we are weak and lazy in our prayers, like other Muslims, then what is the benefit? If we are weak and lazy in reading the Quran and do not follow its teachings, then what is the benefit? Thus, if according to the teachings of the Quran, you are not modest in your clothing and do not uphold the requirements of Parda, what is the benefit to your bath? If you do not fulfill your responsibilities within your homes, what is the benefit to your bath? And if you do not practically manifest the teachings of Islam and do not seek to spread it, what is the benefit of being an Ahmadi? Thus, every Ahmadi lady should deeply reflect upon their pledge to give precedence to their faith over all material desires. Every one of you should constantly analyze and think about whether you have the same spirit and devotion for serving your religion that the female companions of the Holy Prophet had. Ask yourselves if you have the same true and sincere love for Allah, the Almighty and His Noble Messenger as, as the companions did. Reflect upon whether you have acquired the religious knowledge and insight needed to fulfill your duties. Consider if you are a true role model of your children and if you are bringing them up in the same righteous way that the companions raise their children. If the answer to the questions is no, you should be very worried and concerned and it is also a cause of deep concern for the entire Jamal. Let it be clear that you, our Ahmadi women and girls, are not living lives without purpose. Rather, you all have extremely great objectives, which I hope and pray you understand and strive to fulfill. In this era, one of the foremost objectives for our Lajna members is to believe. And to fulfill this responsibility, you must first spiritually reform yourself. You must personally set the best example and fulfill your duty to morally train and educate your children. And you must be their guide and attach them to the Jamaat for a young age, uh, from a young age. Only then can you fulfill your responsibilities in the field of public. In this era, there is an urgent need for our women to portray Islam's true teachings and to spread them far and wide without any fear or complex. You must propagate Islam by practicing its teachings. If anyone claims that Islam does not give women freedom, freedom or that they are oppressed by men, it is your duty 
to show the world that Islam has given you true freedom, true liberty, and true enlightenment. It is your duty to show the world that whatever restrictions exist are not forced upon you by them, but are willingly and freely adopted, having observed the magnificent teachings of Islam. If you do not wish to mingle freely with men or to sit alongside them, it is your own choice, made of your own volition, in order to preserve your honor and dignity. If you do not choose to shake the hands of men, it is because your heart demands that you follow Islam's teachings, which provide true dignity for women. Such conduct is not based on the demands of men, but is the result of your freedom to make your own decisions and is a symbol of true independence. Remember, following the crowd and bowing down, bowing to the influences of society is not freedom. Rather, true freedom is having the strength to follow your beliefs and to act upon your convictions. Until the voice of your hearts does not emit pure love for Allah, the Almighty, and His Messenger, وسلم, in the way of Umar's sister or the elderly lady whose husband, brother, and son were martyred, we cannot influence the wider world and we cannot bring about that spiritual revolution that is destined to occur. As I said, in this era, our women must propagate Islam, and especially when it comes to women's issues, it is much more effective for women to respond than for any man to do so on their behalf. Every woman should pay careful attention to this and seek to gain knowledge of the faith so that they can refute the allegations directed at Islam and be ready for every sacrifice for the sake of their religion. Thus, I ask all of you to understand and assume your responsibilities and to fulfill your pledge to morally train the next generation in the best way and to bring your children close to the Jamaat. I ask all of you to be ready to propagate Islam's teachings through the belief within your own circles and especially to women. If you, do, if you understand your responsibilities, I am sure that you will, be, uh, you will prove to be successful mothers and successful Amdi Muslim women who are ready for every sacrifice for the sake of giving precedence to their faith over all worldly matters. If you understand your duties, I am sure you will be successful in spreading the message of Islam far and wide. Only then will you have fulfilled the requirements and obligations of your bath. May Allah enable you all to do so. May Allah continue to bless Lajna Maila UK and indeed our Lajna organizations throughout the world. Amen. Now join me in silent prayer. God.
ఆమె